Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, we will tell you, uh, we're going to go back into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I have, uh, it looks like we've whipped up uh, some fans into a frenzy here, just reminiscing on June, tw- you know, six years ago today, June 29th, 2016. And, and part of it had to do with, did it alter the course and the direction of the both the Oilers and the Maple Leafs organizations? And would they have been closer to the ultimate prize? Had some things maybe gone a little bit differently? Bob in Calgary, uh, Texas, says, Bob, I've so often thought about Pete Chiarelli. It was actually two people because no single person could have been that dumb, says Bob in Calgary in trades. And he refers to the Hall trade, the Reinhardt trade, uh, the Spooner trade, and, and signing Koskinen. A couple things here, Bob, in Calgary. In fairness to Pete Chiarelli, he had the foresight to sign Leon Dreisaitl to an eight-year deal at $8.5 bucks, which was criticized at that time. So maybe he had a better read on Dreisaitl than others and where Dreisaitl would get to. He also got Connor McDavid to take a hometown discount. $12.5 bucks. Connor could have got more than that. Now, the Hall trade for Larson, the majority of the fans will say the owners got crushed all day in that trade. I had a lot of time for Taylor. I'd st- I still have time for Taylor, okay? I still think he's a good player. Uh, Griffin Reinhardt taught me a lesson. Do your own homework. That's the lesson I, I, I ended up on that one on Griffin Reinhardt. Uh, Ryan Spooner, inexcusable trade. Uh, you know, the Rangers ate $900,000 to in the deal. And then the Koskinen signing. Well, Koskinen's a decent player. Derek, you just have to let me know because uh, I think Brian's going to try to call you. Yeah, straight to voicemail still. All right. Um, having some issues. So he's going to probably try to call us here. Straight to voicemail. Hmm. I'll keep trying. Or he might call you here, Daryl. Uh, just, just a second. Hold on, Derek. Uh, anyhow, uh, these, this is one of the beautiful situations that happens when you do the show remotely. I mean, it, it, and as for Koskinen, yeah, Ko- I mean, Koskinen was a 1B goaltender, but he got paid four and a half million times three years as Shirelli pivoted from basically doing a deal with Cam Talbot to doing a deal with Miko Koskinen. So, uh, Bob, is there a legitimate appetite for Matthew Kachuk in Ottawa? I don't believe that that's the player that's going to go there. Uh, so what I would suggest is watch Florida. Watch Florida with Ottawa. 
That's what I'm going to say. Watch some guys that are pending UFAs with the Florida Panthers organization. A couple of them have connections with Ottawa. Uh, take it for what it's worth. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. On the Ashley Fine Floors text line, we will tell you the guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. And uh, Roos Chris is open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. You can tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers now sent you. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. We'll keep going on the text here until we hook up with Brian Lawton. Again, our text line, 780-496-0063. All right. Uh, Bob, don't forget that Pete Shirelli also transformed the farm system. Well, Pete Shirelli put Jay Woodcroft in Bakersfield. Keith Kretzky got moved uh, by Ken Holland when Ken brought Tyler Wright in from Detroit to do amateur scouting, and Keith Kretzky took that on. We will head off at this time to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show from the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. Brian, how are you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Hey, look, uh, we got everybody last week when we talked about potential opportunities around the NHL. Uh, we had we, we've had several people suggest. Well, Brian Lott must be coming to the Edmonton Oilers the way Stoffer is talking. Um, I think we should state that it's more than one organization that you've spoken to over the last few months. And I, can you is Edmonton one of the clubs you've talked to in the last three months? I have not talked to Edmonton in the last three months, but I have had some discussions in the past with them. And I absolutely am not going back to NHL Network. I loved working there, but that's not my dream job. And quite frankly, I almost felt bad about it. There's lots of people that (laughs) that's where they would love to be. Uh, I enjoyed it. Great people to work with. Great experience. Uh, But for me, my dream job is to be working with a club in any capacity, to be honest with you. I'm just trying to find people that are progressive uh, that aren't afraid to be curious about better ways to do things and somebody that uh, believes that I can help them. Yeah. And I do, I do believe that's going to happen. So I'm excited about it. I don't know which way it's going to go, but uh, you know, thankful for everything NHL network did for me looking forward to a new challenge so we're taking a little bit of a trip down memory lane back to this date in 2016 i'll tell you what happened yesterday we had james myrtle on the show from the athletic out of uh, toronto and then specter came on after and we talked you know who's closer uh you know toronto or edmonton and then i circled back to this date six years ago Uh, the oilers made pete shirelli made a huge trade i mean taylor hall for adam larson that was a big deal at that time and I, I will confide in you that after Edmonton lost to Anaheim in Game 7 in Anaheim, I was walking back to the bus, and one of the guys that I knew uh, spent some time in Western Canada, roared up beside me, and you know said, it was close stuff. And I'm telling you, if you guys had still had Halsey, I'm not sure we would have beat you because we might not have been able to shut down two lines. And and I, I thought back to that trade, and I liked Adam Larson. I think Adam Larson was a very serviceable second-pairing right-shot defenseman. Uh, Taylor Hall's bounced around a bit. 
Adam left Edmonton at his bequest. Well, I mean, the contract elapsed, and he went to Seattle, and he had a difficult family situation here as well with his father passing away. And then I thought about Stamco selecting to stay in Tampa Bay on that same date and, and you know, Toronto two years later overpaying to get Tavares. When you think about it from that perspective, let me, I'll ask you this first. If, San, if, if Steven Stamkos, who you drafted, if he had gone to free agency and signed with Toronto, do you think, uh, you know the player, do you think the Leafs would have advanced in one of the, like, you know, starting in the 2017 playoffs, would they have advanced out of the first round in one of the, like, is the difference between Stamkos and Tavares significant enough that Toronto would have advanced out of uh, the opening round? I think it's a significant difference whether or not it would have been enough to move Toronto forward. I don't know. I like John Tavares. I always liked John Tavares. I didn't like the 11 million for John Tavares, to be honest with you. Um, not as good a leader as Steven. John is a very professional player, but most, you know, John has, I don't want to say John has taken care of John because that sounds selfish and he is not a selfish player. He's even selfless, but not to the level that uh, I think people saw the leadership from Steven Stamkos, not necessarily in the two victories, but in the struggles of this playoff and even in defeat. Uh, The kid's a champion. He's been, he's always been a champion and he had a massive impact on that organization even when he wasn't playing that's what's so remarkable so to answer your question yes toronto would have been better off if they had signed stamkos so one thing i'll tell you about stamkos because we saw it that year it wasn't about money as much as it was about having an opportunity to win and even taking less money if that's what it took to make it happen you know, Hedman and Stamkos are two guys on that team that make less than Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Braden Point. Um, they don't care. They just want to win. That's where it's at for them. And they've done that. And maybe they'll do it again. But they had an incredible run. And you need selfless people like that as your bedrock of your organization. And I do think that... Connor and Leon have a lot of that in them for Edmonton. And that's why I'm always so bullish on the Oilers because you've got two great guys and I've seen what that can do personally. Well, you were so, one of yeah, you were one of the guys 2 years ago uh, in August after the Oilers were eliminated by Chicago and there were a couple of writers and another media guy that were pointing the finger at Connor and Leon and saying, "Well, you're never going to win with these, you know, if these guys play this way." And I know you were one of the guys that was like like Connor Leon combined for 15 points in four games, and they were plus players. Both, you know, both guys were plus players in the series. There's a lot of reasons Edmonton didn't win that series against Chicago. We've thrown that all out the window now after what Connor and Leon did this year, right? Like 33 and 32 it's, points. It's totally out the window. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's out the window now. Now it feels like the, the sky is the limit for Edmonton. Right. It's really unlimited their yeah. potential. They still have a lot of work to do to get it where they want to be, but I do think that lickety split through these playoffs, everybody is viewing Edmonton differently. Do I feel good about that? Yeah, I took a lot of grief because I picked Edmonton to potentially be a wild card to make it to the finals. 
And people said, what are you talking about, Brian? There's so many deficiencies with that team. And I just said, I'm sorry. That's how I feel. I think that when you have two elite players like they do, we've seen what Tampa has been able to build off of that. And I could see Edmonton busting through. A lot of people were shocked that they made it to the final four. I wasn't. I thought that's where they should be, to be honest with you. I think Tampa Bay under Julian Breezeball over the last three years, and, and Al Murray and, and Steve get a lot of credit for this, and you did draft you did draft Stamkos and Hedman. Uh, you know, they hit on round two on Kucherov, round seven on uh, Palat. They got round three for point. But it's what they've done over the last three years, the addition of, of Coleman and Goodrow, and then this year, you know, giving up what they got, gave up to get Hagel being proactive. You know, that's for me, that's the next step for Edmonton. They got to find deals and maneuver like that as well. All the while, still hitting on some later round picks. And, and, and Brian, I got to tell you, they don't have the goalie, but they got a goal. T- like, you know, Detroit had four uh, third round picks in 2017. None of them are currently with the organization. The Oilers got Stamkos in the third round of 20, or sorry, Stamkos, uh, Skinner in the third round of 2017. He's got a chance to be a goaltender of the future for this organization. But now Edmonton's got to, they, they got to make some, to me, they got to make some of the moves that Tampa did to round out the roster. You know what I mean? Like what Tampa did took guts. They said, we are now, hey, we're a team that's going for it every year. And they went and targeted and and stepped up and got the Coleman's of the world. So how how difficult of a decision is that for an organization to make to understand the cap space and the limits and the window and to strike now? Well, that that's the type of work that you know, quite frankly, the GM and the management staff are should always be doing and planning and. It certainly wasn't clear-cut at the beginning of the year or maybe even different points throughout the year this year that that's where Edmonton is at. But I can't imagine this is such a copycat league that Edmonton doesn't recognize, and you know Ken Holland does, so I don't want to be fictitious about it. He recognizes what the Tampa Bay Lightning did, and now he's sitting there trying to figure out when is our time to make a move like that. And other teams have recognized it, too. I mean, clearly, Chris Dury did a nice job coming in as a new general manager with New York and just saying, look, we got a ton of talent. We don't really have much of a team that's built on a foundation where players respect each other, which develops into, you know, love for each other, which you need, which sounds weird in hockey, but that's what you need to get through the tough times if you're going to want to make it to the Stanley Cup final. So Ken Holland is well-versed at this. I'd imagine right now he's working diligently with his staff to try to figure out, uh, you know, we're in, we're in a window now. We proved that. How do we go for it? Odds are against them that they're going to be able to rise up and maybe do it necessarily in the next year or two. But if you put a few years in like that, eventually when you – See, the difference between Edmonton and Carolina, and Carolina has a wonderful team. They really do. They don't have the high-end players. Edmonton needs to look at some of these other teams and say, if we had a little more of what they had, we have these two key guys like Tampa that could push us over the top. Toronto's in that mix, too. They just haven't figured out 
how to redistribute some of their cap space to strengthen their team to a level where their key star players can take them to the next level. So people know what to do. It's just a challenge. And Edmonton has their own challenges. It's the creativity and the forward thinking that they use that will determine if they go on and win a Stanley Cup or Stanley Cups. I'd bet on them, personally. You would bet on them that they would be able to to make it happen? I, I would. Yeah. I absolutely would. And quite, and quite frankly, if you knew what teams I'm talking to, you would see that as evidence. There are certain teams I believe in that I would love to work with. I think I can augment some of the things they need to do. Um, but make no mistake, I believe they've got key pieces in place and they've got a realistic opportunity to get to the promised land. We're joined by Brian Lawton, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He started Octagon's player agency. Brian, do you believe in spending money on goaltending? Darcy Kemper uh, was brought in via trade. He wins the Stanley Cup. Now, Colorado went 16-4. and Kemper didn't kill it. Uh, you can make an argument that Pavel Francouz outplayed him <laughs> when he went in there. But... Since the return from the 0405 lockout, every team that's won the Cup has won with a goaltender that was either drafted or developed by them. And I, I used to exclude Detroit in 08 because Hashik was brought in, but then I circled back and realized that Osgood was actually the goalie that played 18 games that year in the playoffs, not Hashik, that Hashik had dropped off a bit. So, you know, all... It, Working backwards, this year, Kemper. Last two years, Vasilevsky drafted by Tampa. Bennington was drafted by St. Louis. Holtby was drafted by Washington. Uh, Murray and uh, Fleury, back-to-back years, drafted by Pittsburgh. You see where I'm going here. Uh, Chicago had Crawford, and, and the, the Kings had Quick. All the way to, you know, 2011 with Boston. I mean, they they developed Tim Thomas in the AHL. And Chicago developed Niami in 2010. So do you believe in spending money on goaltending? Or are you better off uh, drafting, draft, drafting and developing and bringing your own goalies along? Because the, the numbers would suggest in terms of the Stanley Cup champions, Brian, you got to basically bring your own goalie along. I would be on the side that I think that teams routinely overpay for their goaltending, to be honest with you. Now, Vasilevsky, he's put him off by himself. But for everyone else, I don't buy I thought Joe Sackick was very smart. It was economical what he did with Darcy Kemper. And I wouldn't be shocked if Darcy Kemper is not back next year. He'll get paid, as he should. He played well. I don't think he'll get a monster contract, but I think he'll get term and he'll get something in the $5 million range. Um, that's about as high as I believe you have to go for a goaltender. I, I really do. I just don't think it's worth it. I just think there's Vasilevsky's not going to come free. He's making $9.5 He is a rare bird. If you really look at the statistics and what happens to goalies on a year-to-year basis, it's one position that NHL teams constantly overpay for. In my opinion, a lot of GMs just believe we got to have Marty Broder. We got to have the great goaltender like Vasilevsky. You can find validation on both sides of the aisle on this particular argument. But for me, I clearly fall on uh, you do not need to overpay for your goaltender. You're better off trying to draft and develop it. You'd be surprised how many teams draft very few goaltenders as well. 
Um, it's strange to me, but that's how I feel about it. I saw Vegas make a real interesting move when they brought Sean Burke in. He's basically going to be their director of goaltending, right? That's like he's not, you know, the, Sean, Sean Burke's the guy that wanted to be an NHL GM. I think he's come to the realization that's probably not going to happen. And everybody sees him as a goaltending guru. So, and I look at Vegas, and we don't all agree with maybe how quickly they'll move players out after they bring them in. But uh, they are all in, Brian. You know what I'm saying? They are all in. They're all in every year. That's their philosophy. Uh, Sean Burke is a great guy. He's a little bit of a victim of his own success. He's done so well with the goaltenders he's worked with that people think of him that way. But he clearly could be a GM somewhere someday. Uh, but everybody gets frustrated. I know Berkey, he used to be a client in my firm when I ran Octagon. And uh, he is a very, very rare bird in that he's one of the only goaltenders I ever saw that really ran their locker room. And he ran it with an iron fist. And he had a couple guys by the name of Kachuk and Ronick, who occasionally could behave badly. And he was the guy that would keep them in line. So that's all you need to know about Berkey. A lot of character, a lot of heart there. Yep. I think that's a really good move for Vegas, to be honest with you. I really do. Brian, great stuff. Thank you for your time. We've got to head off to some 630 Jet breaking news, okay? Fantastic. Thank you, Bob. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. IMAC has texted the show to say, Bob, goaltenders have a short shelf life. So under pain will only drive players to not play the position. That one comes to us from IMAC. I've kind of felt like goaltenders are kind of like relief pitchers, closers in baseball, right? There seems to be, like, for three or four years, a really good, and then there's a precipitous drop-off with the exception of the absolute, you know, like the Mariano Rivera's of the world, right? Like, it's, you know, it's 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 a really interesting, like, obviously Vasilevsky is a terrific goaltender. We know that. Uh, but... You don't have to have an A1 goaltender to win a Stanley Cup. What we have seen is he, you know, certainly the information, you take a look at every Stanley Cup champion since we came out of the 0405 lockout in 2006. Begrudgingly, we have to acknowledge Cam Ward out of Short Park. Carolina, first-round pick out of the Red Deer Rebels, wins the Stanley Cup. In 2007, J.S. Jaguar, his career got resuscitated by Anaheim, wins the Stanley Cup. Uh, so he was in Anaheim's minor league system before coming up with the Ducks. In 2008, I thought that Hashik was the goalie of record, and then I circled back to Detroit, and it was Osgood in his second tour duty with Detroit. He was uh, another local product that was drafted and developed by the Red Wings organization. 2009, Marc-Andre Fleury, the number one pick in 2003 for Pittsburgh. In 2010, Antti Niemi, similar a bit uh, Niemi in 2010 and Tim Thomas in 2011, where they came over from Europe, were in the minor league system for their respective clubs in Chicago and Boston, and then won Cups. Uh, 2012 and 14, the Kings won. John Quick, you know, he's a third-round pick. Uh, in 13 and 15, Corey Crawford won, uh, you know, a drafted player by Chicago. In 16 and 17, now we're talking Murray and Flurry with the Penguins, both drafted by that organization. Braden Holpe drafted by Washington. You see the trend here? And these guys were not all, they, they weren't all like Marc-Andre Fleury. Some of them, and, and even a guy like Jordan Bennington, he was almost given up on by St. Louis. You know, ended up winning the Cup in 2019. Obviously, Vasilevsky, we all knew, was going to be really good for Tampa Bay in 2021. The exception to the rule is Kemper. 
and most of you listening to the show right now would say it had nothing to do with Darcy Kemper. They won because Colorado was that deep and that good. And they were. This was a year where they were way deeper than everybody else. It's food for thought. David Staples, Cult of Hockey, coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.